Hello. Welcome to episode 10 of the Brosane Pistons podcast. It's Wednesday, November 12th. I'm Carl Rosane. And I'm Alex Rosane. And we are chatting over Skype on a Wednesday night. Right now, the Pistons are hopefully beating the Wizards, but we're both not looking because we're recording it. And we wanted to give you an update on how our uh, our hopeful outlook on the season is uh, faring. So uh, what, what do you make of the Pistons so far, Alex? Uh, you know, it's, it's disappointing. We're, how we're, how we're doing right now. It's, um, you know, Van Gundy looks frustrated. This is actually reminding me a lot of a couple of years ago when Lawrence Frank was our coach and we were excited. Um, you know, Lawrence Frank had been the defensive coach for the Boston Celtics, uh, during one of their deep playoff runs when, uh, Tom Thibodeau left Celtic, the Celtics as their defensive coordinator guy, Lawrence Frank, replaced him and, and they still did well and frank had coached in the eastern conference finals or maybe even took the jason kidd helmed nets to the finals and then he came in and um, and then he was really frustrated and kept saying we need to find an identity you know and all this stuff and anyway van gundy now is uh just you know in his press conferences just saying like oh we got a lot of work to do you know uh, people say we're a young team we need to learn but the other team is just as young as us and we're just not learning and Boy, it seems like the <laughs> Pistons can uh, do the number on just about any coach. Yeah, although it is, I, I find myself, I actually wait and watch for Van Gundy to talk. It's always worth seeing. I think that was against the Bucks when he was saying that. He's sort of like Popovich in that no matter what the no matter what the uh, the news person asks him, he finds a way to sort of disagree and correct him and then kind of go on some rant, which is sort of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, he is, he is entertaining. He is really really often worth watching. Actually, the last time we had a a coach who I really enjoyed his press conferences as much was Flip Saunders. Flip was also very candid, and uh, I really felt like I got some insights from him. And then the, our last couple, like I, I don't even remember what Mo Cheek's voice sounds like, and uh, <laughs> you know Lawrence Frank just looked like he was going to cry. So. Uh, this is this is good. Uh, anyway, we, we have a good, insightful coach. He's holding us to a high standard. Um, now, speaking, speaking of Flip Saunders, I was just before the episode, before we got on the call here, looking at some of the stats, and I was um, noticed that when Flip Saunders was the last coach in 2007, we had 59 wins, and we lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. So we were outraged, and we fired him and brought in Michael Curry, and that was pretty much the beginning of the end. So <laughs> yeah, there was some bullshit about. Um, Oh, you know, he can, he's a regular season coach, you know, he can't coach in the playoffs and, you know, take, and all this stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea how to judge whether Flip Saunders is some great coach, but he really seemed to be a good offensive coach, at least. Um, we had some interesting stuff going. Our, our, um, our team's offense actually got really good, even, even though we were starting Ben Wallace, who's basically, you know, sh- shouldn't even bother crossing half court except for offensive rebounds. So. Anyway, but uh, yeah, for, but, but for future reference, next time we win a championship and we kind of uh, are, are doing awesome and we're losing in the Eastern Conference Finals after that, note to self: do not fire a coach who's won fifty nine games. You know? <laughs> yeah, just just think about if the Spurs had done that. You know, they they um, they've won what six championships in nine years or something. They they just sort of kept. They had a few years there where they kept going deep in the playoffs but never making it to the promised land, and then they lost in the finals uh, two years ago. And uh, the fans with the mentality we had 
in our at the end of at the end of the Chauncey Billups era would have said like, oh well, you know, he's lost it. He can't he can't do it. And but then he brought him back last year, and they just played a, a perfect season, and we're kicking everybody's butt in the in the playoffs. So yeah. So anyway, too early to say, but you know, Van Gundy's got a great reputation, and he's very frustrated right now. Um, you know, a a one, couple of things that uh, that I've observed um, are that like. For for one, I mean, last time we were talking about how both KCP and Drummond would be keys this year, and the the you know the sort of kick in the pants is that they're both not playing very well, and it's only when Monroe came back that we actually had an offense. Um, but I'm a little bit worried because it seemed like in some of the first games in the preseason we were actually were giving Drummond a few, like you know at least like maybe five five uh, passes in the post, and the last couple of games like we haven't even bothered. It's like. Maybe we're kind of scrambling a little bit. I would rather just like lose five games in a row and give Drummond ten shots in the paint and have him get better than to like you know squeeze him in a row for everything he's worth and when we're going to lose him at the end of the year. And you know I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of feeling a little bit uneasy on on Drummond's development. Maybe it's a little bit too early. But um, yeah, it seems seems like he's almost regressed a little bit. Um, you know, one thing I noted when we we're at the uh, when we went to the home opener against Brooklyn, and um, um, something that a uh, friend of the podcast, Charles, uh, mentioned over email to me, is, uh, you know, Drummond looks a little tired. Um, and that's something we haven't seen from him before. I mean, he just looks gassed out there, and, and I don't know what to make of that. Um, I, I actually asked one of the Pistons uh, beat writers um, uh, on Twitter I actually forget which one because I follow a couple, but I asked I, I asked him about that, and he said whether Drummond is out of shape or something. He said no, I think it's it's dead legs. You know, he played in the FIBA World Cup in Spain over the summer, and then they, we had a very strenuous preseason, so dead legs is different from out of shape. I actually don't know what that means. I guess I'm not enough of an athlete to know the difference between dead legs and being out of shape because I, <laughs> I I think I kind of have both all the time, but um, you know, but. But you know, so I know that when um, when people analyze the the draft, one thing they look for in college stats for signs of athleticism are um, steals and offensive rebounds and stuff. And if you look at um, Drummond's numbers, offensive rebounds are 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 down on a kind of permanent basis from last year. Steals he, he's getting half less than half of his career average in steals for thirty six minutes, um, and he's fouling more. And uh, and his field goal percentage is way down, which you know it's hard to know what all factors go in there. But he's not getting you know fat, as many fast break buckets and stuff like that. You know there could be there could be explanations for each of those things. You know maybe he's supposed to play more conservatively on defense, and he gambled too much, and you know that's why steals are a bad indicator. And offensive rebounds, that coaching has to do with that too, because it has to do with your scheme and how aggressive you are in crashing the boards. But just all all of that together in one picture with the eye test that he just kind of looks a little lost and tired. And um, it's, it's not a good sign. And I just wonder what's happening is, is he, is he overwhelmed with all the demands of Van Gundy? Is he frustrated? Is he tired? Is he out of shape? Um, well, the, the is, is, is like, yeah. is he just aloof? I mean, anyway, it's, it's, it's worrying. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I mean, he, he's averaging four offensive rebounds instead of five and a half, which is a lot lower, but a couple of games ago against the jazz, I think he had, Maybe like um, he had like 17 boards and five offensive rebounds. That was kind of more vintage Drummond. Uh, but in that game, he also wasn't a destination on offense. So the way it seems to me is like last year, 
he, he didn't have to worry about creating offense. He would end up with offense through offensive rebounds and through opportunities with maybe an easy dunk here or there, but he just was a beast on the boards and play, and would get a lot of kind of incidental points uh, through great follow-ups and hustling. And then this year at the beginning and in the preseason, like they would give it to him in the post, and maybe if he's worried about getting in position to score, he's not getting into position to rebound, uh, but then he's not doing well enough at that at creating offense. So then he kind of shies back away, and maybe that sort of that's the, the sort of free fall. I mean, not the, not the free fall, but the kind of limbo he's in. Like, can he actually transition from someone who ends up with 13 points a game to someone who creates 16 points a game? Yeah, that that's would be one indicator of him taking the leap to being a franchise player, right? You know, he's a franchise you know, raw talent right now. But remember that he's 21 years old. And, um, you know, guys start to approach their peak, their fifth, sixth, seventh year in the league. And, you know, all is not lost. But I really hope to – I had hoped to see him improve rather than get worse, (laughs) at least. You know, um, Van Gundy has coached Shaq in Miami and then Dwight Howard in Orlando. So he knows how to get a lot lot out of a big man. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what else to say about that. But, um, you know, uh, speaking of Monroe doing well, um, we had started the season hoping that either Monroe or Smith would come off the bench. And uh, as you mentioned to me earlier today, the um, data on which lineups we're using is showing that, you know, we're actually we're using the big three lineup more than ever. It, it, it started against the Knicks last week where, we started. The, I believe that was the first time we started Smith at small forward, and we won. And I was thinking, okay, well, you know, Carmelo Anthony is the next small forward, and he's kind of a hybrid power forward, small forward. So maybe it makes sense, you know, for matchup reasons. And uh, I was kind of rationalizing, but we've done it a few times now, and that's really worrying because, uh, as we've discussed several times on this podcast, Josh Smith sucks as a small forward, and he's he's um. He doesn't space the floor. Our offense uh, stagnates a little bit um, because we have three guys who need to play near the basket, and he he ends up in positions where he has the ball in his hands and shoots a jump shot. Um, you know, I put together a little data on uh, from this this site this great site called NBA Savant, where it, you can look up you know how many jump shots from different distances every player has taken and what's their percentage and stuff. And, you know, as of uh, kind of late last week, you know, Josh Smith was, you know, well above average for, you know, the number of jump shots 16 feet and out he's taken uh, for power forwards, but uh, well below average on his percentage making him. He was making, as of that time, he was making less than 30% of them. So basically, you know, there was no power forward who both took more than him and shot a worse percentage. He will, you know, there are some guys who shot worse, like, but they sh- they shoot a lot less of them, and there are guys who sh- jack up a lot more jumpers, but they make way more of them. The, the guys who shoot more jumpers than Josh Smith at power forward are Carmelo Anthony, LaMarcus Aldridge, Chris Bosh, Serge Ibaka, Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Love. And what those names all have in common is they're known as elite jump shooters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's if those guys are shooting a jump shot, that's a good outcome for your offense. So 
You know, um, I think people were also expecting Van Gundy to come in and um, immediately like command the respect of all the players, and they would do exactly what he said. And so yeah, either and- either he can't control Josh Smith and, and and wants to pick his battles, or it actually isn't as bad a shot as we think it is, and Van Gundy knows a reason why. Um, and we're just we're not coaches, so we don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure what to say about that, but it's um, it's same old, same old from Josh and I. Well- in watching the games, I've noticed that Van Gundy will, will defend him, defend Smith in the press conference because he has been playing pretty well otherwise. Like if you just if you just eliminated those shots, he would be playing really well. And even including them, he's playing pretty well among our roster. During the Bulls game, I remember there we were play, we were so bad on offense on the first in the first half. We, we and we just couldn't buy a shot. KCP was missing every shot, um, and, and you know Singler was missing open threes. And so then, you know, it came around to Smith, and I was like, why not? I mean, no one else can make a shot either, but he missed it. So it was just sort of like, that, that's obviously not a good position to be in. But considering how poorly we're doing on offense, it's kind of hard to really single him out right now. I think KCP is someone who I had high hopes for. And one thing that's nice is that he's more confident in that, like, he'll miss a couple and not kind of just shut down for the rest of the game, and maybe he'll make a couple threes in the second half. But he's still shooting really poorly. I think it's like in the 30% field goal percentage. Yep. He's, he, no, he's 30. Yeah. KCP is shooting 36% from the floor and that's awful. Um, the only guy, uh, actually shooting worse than him on the team is Josh Smith, <laughs> who's shooting 35%, including 9% from three point range, Josh Smith. Um, yeah. But KCP, he's hit a few more shots lately. He's shooting over 30% from three. Um, in college, he scored a lot of points. Um, he he and he's he's still he's twenty one years old, and Jody Meeks is coming back at some point this season. So I mean, I know, want I want we, we don't need to, to worry about him too much. I, I want him to keep shooting. I want him to break on through. And we've seen spurts and in, in, in late in games. It seems like the third quarter is a sweet spot where Brandon Jennings will start making three pointers. KCP will maybe but will start making a couple. But often by then we're kind of digging ourselves out of a hole. Um, and. Yep. I've also noticed back to the sort of three-man lineup thing. I wonder if the reason Van Gundy is doing that is because he does not want to start Singler. Like Singler, kind of, as far as trying to focus on defense, Singler really is a liability. So I mean, maybe he's just like, I can't do that. You know, maybe if we have um, Cartier Martin come back or Jody Meeks, then we'll have then we'll start to see, see different options. Yeah, I, you might be right. I mean, we. We saw that um, we were at that Brooklyn Nets game where um, Joe Johnson scored. I think was it like thirty-eight points or something like that? Yeah, thirty-something points. And he, I mean, he just owned and operated Kyle Singler. He he just went on a rampage where he made Singler look like a high school player, and and it was really bad. And then Singler shooting under forty percent from the floor. So you know, um, the. He was, he, he was shooting poorly and playing bad defense, and those are his good points, you know. So it's it's too bad because he's been he's been solid for us. He he um, in the past few years he looks like a guy who you know would be a solid guy to bring off the bench. So I guess maybe uh, that's why he's bringing him off the bench. Um, it, yeah, Cartier Martin. I mean, he's a he's a journeyman, and I don't think he's the answer. But he's got. I, I was just reading today. He's got. Um, plantar fasciitis. I don't know how you say that. Fasciitis, fasciitis. The, just that some uh, a fascia tendon in your the arch of your foot that just feels like he's walking on razor blades. Um, and 
uh, Rashid Wallace had that one year uh, when he was with the Pistons, and I guess it's just the type of thing where you have to play in agony all season because you need like a couple months to have, let it heal. So I don't know. I don't think the cavalry is coming at the small forward position for us. So we we might see a lot more Josh Smith at small forward than we expected this year because Jonas Drebko doesn't look like a, he's going to play much small forward, and uh, you know Jody Meeks when he comes back, he's only like six four. So we could play with a three guard lineup a lot again, depending on other teams' matchups. Like um, if we're playing against Phoenix, who plays three guards? But if we play against another team that has a real small forward like LeBron James or um, Carmelo Anthony, who's big, we can't play three guards, and we're probably going to end up with Smith. Um, I, we're, we still have a little bit of a hangover from this roster um, being put together uh, where all the pieces don't fit. Let's go back to a bright spot. Um, Brandon Jennings is playing well. He's he's playing pretty efficiently. He's uh, he's among our leaders in offensive rating. He has 110 you know points per hundred possessions, which is sort of the the benchmark for being a, a, a really decent player. Like uh, you know, using more conventional stats, you know, he's 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 scoring 12 points, six assists, even though he's not playing very many minutes, only 26. So kind of on a per starters minutes basis, per 36 minutes, 17.8 assists and uh, over 40% from three. You know, it's you know, it's all, we were only seven games into the season, but you know, so far he's seems to be learning something from uh, uh, Van Gundy. We were a little worried at the beginning because he was um, splitting minutes a lot with with DJ Agustin, and um, maybe he didn't finish one of the first couple of games, and he seemed a little baffled by that. Uh, but he seems to have handled it okay, and maybe he sort of got a message, got the message, and he's playing well. At least you know it's good to have a bright spot to talk about. Yeah, and having a real backup guard is nice too, because DJ Augustine is, plays pretty well, well enough that sometimes he'll, you know, that one game he played more minutes than Jennings, and, and it was, I think, um, you know, the, the, the local beat reporters have a, a playbook where they. You know, try to pour salt in the wound. Like so, so Jennings. Like, how does it feel not to be? Like, why didn't why didn't you play as many minutes, or why were you benched? But um, I'm, I'm glad to see that. I hope that Jennings plays well enough to be a solid starter, and that Augustine actually can come in and can create a little bit of offense. Like he's he's confident, um, and it's been nice to have uh, that as an option. So it's not just you know who who was our backup guard last year? Oh, oh Will Bynum. Will Bynum. Yeah, I mean Bynum might could get you excited every once in a while, but not. Yeah, I mean, Bynum was a great athlete and could get a shot off, but he just he was a very, not a very efficient player. Augustine, it's just so refreshing that he, you know, he can shoot a floater and he can shoot a, a jump shot, and you know, he, he looks like a, looks good doing it. And the other guy that I've, um, you know, having Karan Butler has been nice. I mean, he's he he's confident. He'll come in and make some shots in the fourth quarter, like unlike most of our roster. And he's he's he he. I notice he gets a fair amount of important rebounds and like, he's just a good solid veteran to have on the team. So he's not going to be like our future, but I've noticed a difference with him on the team. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's, he's just a solid veteran. He, I mean, again, again, it's only seven games into the season, but he's shooting really well from the three point range, uh, largely on the strength of one game where I think he hit three or four threes, but right now he's been a low usage, but high efficiency, uh, player I, I you know he's 111 offensive rating which is which is you know really solid and um but it, but his usage rate is 13 
which, you know, recall, you need to use 20% of the possessions to kind of pull your weight on offense. So he basically stands in the corner with his hands ready to catch and shoot. Mm. And that's his role, and that's fine. He's 34 years old. The main reason he's on the team is, you know, provide a little bit of shooting, but the main reason is that he he played with Van Gundy in Miami, and Van Gundy trusts him as a veteran to come in and, uh, you know, know, know what he's about. And, um, we, you know, I guess we'll be seeing a lot of him if Cartier Martin is hurt and uh, if Singler is still struggling. I, yeah, I still have hopes that Singler can, against the right matchups, when he's not playing against a Joe Johnson who can just manhandle him. Yeah, um, and just, Singler, hold, just hold down the Ford at the small Ford position until we can maybe make a trade or wait till next season or something. Yeah, I mean, if if um, Butler, Singler, and Jody Meeks can all kind of hit open threes as advertised, then we'll, that would make a huge difference. Right now, just Singler and KCP are not hitting open threes reliably, and that's a huge loss. Um, I've yeah, so so anyways, that is, is all, it, is, it is still pretty early. The other thing that I've noticed is that even though Josh Smith is still frustrating on his bad shot selection occasionally, um, he, he, he is a good passer. I've noticed a couple times where he has made the extra pass to someone else who's made a three, and he's also made, like, he'll make a good skip pass uh, all the way across the floor or, a, or a, you know, a kind of a give-and-go situation. So, I mean, I can sort of see why Van Gundy defends him a little bit because, like, hey, yeah, he's shooting poorly right now. Um, and it, not not just the outside shots. Like he, there's that one game where he missed a bunch of inside shots as well, which is sort of baffling. Um, but he he is a two way player and he's a good passer um, and a good rebounder. So I'm not to me he's not our biggest worry right now. Our biggest worry is Drummond. Look, uh, it's sort of like the, the we still have this tension between can we get Drummond to create some offense um, and can we get can we get KCP to kind of blossom into the shooting guard we need him to be. Uh, and if and if those guys can do that, then um, Smith might not need to take any outside shots, and that he he won't necessarily have to be like the answer on offense. Yeah, I, I've noticed the same thing you have about Smith being a good passer. He really does uh, do a pretty good job of get when he catches the ball and then starts moving towards the basket. He's quick enough to be a problem for it's a challenge for power forwards to stay in front of him. Or if he's in the post against a smaller guy, he he's pretty good at finding a guy uh, to pass to on the perimeter, and he he's averaging over four assists a game. And that, you know there are a lot of guards in this league who aren't averaging four assists. I mean that's not it wouldn't be great for a point guard, but that's really good for a power forward um, and pretty good for a small forward too. That's why you know it's not it's not like Josh Smith tricked everybody into. You know, thinking he's a good player and, and paying him money, he's a very talented, versatile player. Um, he he's he's quick. He can get to the basket. He's a really good passer and he blocks shots. He's leading us in block shots with 1.7 per game, a, a, a really respectable number for a, a power forward. Um, it's just uh, you know, and he's rebounding okay too. He's got over eight rebounds a game. Yeah, it's, only, it's just those couple of sh- those couple of jump shots. It's, it's almost like it's not his fault that he's our second or third best, our second best player on the floor most of the time. Um, like if he if we could get to a point where we have a guard who can create a shot and 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 take most of the scoring load, and another um, and if Drummond can absorb some possessions usefully in the post, then Josh doesn't feel like he has to create shots and he would fit really well on the team. He's just 
in a position where he's trying to do too much for us. And, uh, you know, he's, he would be a better fit on a, on a better team, basically. Yeah. How's that for a hopeful narrative on him? I'm making excuses for him. I mean, basically, he's stop shooting so many freaking jump shots. Yeah, and, and we're paying like, him. How many like, times can we say that? You know? our, our budget says he does need to be a key player, so it's sort of hard to to have a what is it, thirteen million dollars salary, and say, yeah, he could, if if he was the third best player on the team, it'd be great. You know, um, he's not making a max contract. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, if he could be like uh, like Chandler Parsons is on Dallas, where Dirk Nowitzki is the main scorer guy, and um, you know, the, and then they spread the ball around pretty well among other among other players. You know, uh, Monte Ellis can also create a shot. So Parsons is there to be a third option on offense and be a, a good passer, keep the ball moving around, and he's making about the same as Josh Smith. And yeah, that's, you know, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I'm trying to think what else struck me in the past few games. I think. Um, you know, and, and back to Monroe, I think in the, in, in one of our two wins against the Bucks, like he, he played really well. He's, he's probably our best offensive player. Like he can create, he's free. Like we, he, he, he gets the ball at like the free throw line. And even though he's like six eleven, he kind of shim, shimmies and shifts and turns his way down and often gets like a layup or a easy shot. And he's just, you know, he's, he's good on offense. So it just that sort of knowing in the back of our heads that he's gone at the end of the year is what makes it hard. Uh, maybe he wouldn't be. Maybe, maybe somehow he'll fall in love with Van Gundy as we turn in the corner and become a playoff team or something. But it's it's sort of like hard to really focus on him if he's leaving. Um, it, it is. I mean, he's he's got a really good usage rate, twenty four percent of possessions. So he's really, you know, um, pulling more than pulling his weight and um, using up possessions in in a way that allows Karan Butler to stand around waiting to be open. You know. Mm-hmm. And he's our most efficient offensive player right now with 113 offensive rating. Um, well, Jonas Jurebko in, in much more limited minutes is, is playing well too, but it has a little bit higher. But, you know, uh, by the way, Jonas Jurebko could fill in some minutes if we were able to make a trade and actually, you know, trade either Josh Smith or Greg Monroe for a small forward. Um, Jonas was ready to step in as the backup power forward, by the way. Yeah, it it is hard to watch Monroe. It's hard to know what to feel when we're watching him do well. I'm you know, I'm happy for him. So he's twenty four years old and he's he's playing really well. He has to approve any trades during the year. So it it would basically he would have to agree that the team he's going to is one that he wants to sign with long term. Which is fine. maybe there is such a team out there, but you know, the teams he might want to go to are probably gonna be jealously guarding their um their salary cap room and there's all this stuff where teams are maneuvering to make sure they have cap room in two years when Kevin Durant is a free agent and and Kevin Love could be a free agent after this year. So, you know, it's hard to see that perfect fit out there. The one of the teams that I feel like could really use him is um I think I may have mentioned this before is Oklahoma City. Um they have Serge Ibaka, who's the perfect guy for a guy like Monroe to play next to because Ibaka can hit a jump shot um, so he can be away from the basket while Monroe operates in the post, and he's a super good shot blocker, which yeah. Monroe is not. So he's a perfect fit for to be next to him. I have no idea whether they're interested in, in committing to Monroe long-term. I mean, they, they gave away James Harden, for Christ's sakes, for uh, not getting enough back for him because they didn't want to have too many high-paid guys, so... 
you know, I don't see them, you know, trying to max out Monroe, but just trying to find that fit, um, where, where he could go. I, I just, I just don't know. And by the way, it's, it's not guaranteed that Monroe's gone after this year. It's just that he, he's an unrestricted free agent. So he has the option to sign with someone else without us getting anything back. But he, he still might want to work out a sign and trade where if a team wants to get him that doesn't have the cap room to sign him outright. Um, or he might sign with us. Who knows? If I were him, I would want to make damn sure that, um, the other guy who plays my position, Josh Smith, is gone before I think about resigning with the Pistons. But, you know, uh, I, I guess, I guess we have to hope he plays well, both so that we can win some games and so that his trade value looks great and maybe we can get something back for him before the trade deadline. I guess that's the type of weird hope we have to have for him. Yeah, or there could be some sort of like wink understanding, wink wink understanding where we we actually end up trading Smith before the trade deadline and Monroe is sort of softly committed to staying with us at that point. And who knows, maybe we get like a really awesome um, – Small, you know, like a appropriate small forward uh, in that trade, but who knows? I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should wrap it up. Well, one other thing, I'm just looking through. I've actually been kind of create, taking a couple notes as I watch the games, and uh, at the beginning of the season, I noticed that Spencer Dinwiddie played, and he's played. He's made a couple appearances. Um, I think the last time we saw him was at the minute in the um, was it in the Nuggets game? Uh, one of the ones we. One, but he hasn't been seen since, so maybe he's uh, – that was sort of a little pet thing I was rooting for because he's promising he's tall, but I, I guess we don't really need uh, – I, I don't know. It, it seems like why not have him come in as backup shooting guard and make up and, and kind of get some minutes and see if we can develop him. I'm still kind of rooting for that. Yeah, I mean the, that shows what what state we're in, that we're, we're in the like, hey, play the young guys. It might be fun to see him do <laughs> – it, it's uh, – yeah, he just played a bit in that first game, and and I'm not sure what what happened. I, I I think if you know Van Gundy might just be one of those guys who isn't very patient with rookies, and and we need to take a while uh, to to get back with him. But um, yeah, I, I guess we'll we'll see as the as the season goes on if if he can crack the rotation. But if he can't crack it now, when um, when Meeks is out. You know, he'll. I guess he'll really have to improve in practice, or someone will have to get hurt for him to get a lot of minutes. But um, oh yeah, the other thing we wanted to mention is, um, you know, we had high hopes for having, uh, you know, a decent offense and uh, shooting for league average defense. And uh, just to check in on how we're doing so far on that, uh, right now we have a horrendous offense, twenty uh, sixth out of thirtieth in um, points per possession score, uh, points scored per hundred possessions. Which is the best uh, measure of how good your offense is? Just, just awful, and and it and it just has to do with that. Even our guys who are supposedly good shooters can't hit hit outside shots. Well, that first half of the Bulls game must have killed us on both sides of it because we like let in sixty points and scored, you know, forty yep. or something. Yeah, and then on defense, we were pretty near league average for a while, but I think that Bulls game, not since it's so early in the season, knocked down our rating. We're nineteenth out of thirtieth, but out of thirty. So, um, you know, but our offense just looks healthier. Um, when we don't have the big, the three big guys line up in, it looks like we're organized. Like we're, we're moving balls, moving from side to side. We're throwing it to guys in the post. 
Um, Monroe and Smith are both really good passers out of the post. So I don't know. I just by the eye test, I just have high hopes that we can get something going on offense where um, we we start in the post, we move the ball side to side, and and I'll, guys can hit outside shots, especially when Meeks comes back. But um, and it's it's also been encouraging that we again by the eye test appear to be trying harder on defense. We seem to have a consistent scheme that we're using. Um, there's still stuff where Van Gundy starts flapping his arms around wildly when, like, uh, Andre Drummond looks tired and he, and uh, he gets beat down the floor for a basket. He, that's ha- Pau Gasol um, sprinted the floor and beat Drummond by three strides, getting back and got a dunk. It was a, one of the highlight plays where uh, Derek Rose made a no-look pass to him. But what was really happening there was – uh, Gasol and Drummond were battling for a rebound, and then someone else got it, and Gasol just ran faster down the floor. Gasol's, I think he's older than I am. I think Gasol's like 37 or something. I, mean, I might have that wrong, but I mean, that, that's just a disgrace. I mean, Drummond is, is one of the best athletes for his size in, in like 10 years. And so he was just either tired or lazy on that. Yeah. Um, so the that's the type of thing that I think we need to work on. Uh, could get, you know, we, we could actually improve. Okay. Gasol's not 37. He's, he's 34. He just, uh, he just looks really old for a, for an NBA player. So um, he's my age. Yeah. Yeah. He's not my age. He's your age. Not, so he's not that ancient. Yeah. But you'd think, uh, Drummond would beat him down the floor. Yeah. And you know, the bulls, the bulls, where you know they had Rose in the lineup, they played really well. I mean, they're just a really good team. That's one. That's part of it. We battled back in the third and tied it up. I kind of feel like you can't put too much into that because they basically we basically tied it up when they had their scrubs in, and then as soon as we got close, they like brought Rose back in and we lost by ten points. Um, but yeah, I mean, against the Jazz, we lost a close one. We could have won that game. Um, so yeah. I, I I didn't see that game. I was really disappointed that we lost that one, though, because the Jazz are one of those teams that you know could, could actually be similarly bad to us this year. So yeah, I came away from that feeling that like we we kind of let it slip away, but we had played well. It wasn't like we just barely came back to like almost look like we looked good. We we, we kind of gave it lot. I uh, let it slip away at the end. Um, so I know what you mean. Like there, I don't feel somehow I feel less frustrated watching. I, I definitely feel less frustrating watching us now than I did at the second half of last season. That's for sure. Uh, that, that's a, not a very strong endorsement, but I, I, I'm realistic in that. It's been, definitely been a disappointing start. Do you think we should look at the score right now and see if we can do a live reveal of our impression of the Washington game? Uh, I, I just did look at the score. Uh, we, we, we lost. Um, oh, man. We, we lost by four. And, and um, you know we're on the road, and, and Washington's a playoff team. And it was a looks like it was a close game. Looks like we went into the fourth quarter with a lead, and lost the fourth quarter by seven points. Lost the game by four. Boy, that seems to be the story with us, doesn't it? We in the third quarter, um, we, we we sometimes have a lead, sometimes even have a lead, sometimes in the fourth, and uh, just let it slip away at the end. That that seems to be the culture of our team the last couple of years, where um, some uh, t- the other team just goes into, into another gear. And, and our nuts shrink back into our body somehow. And, uh, God, what, what do we do about that? It looks like Jennings uh, scored over 30 points. But what the heck? So Drummond had two points and five rebounds <laughs> in 23 minutes? What's happening to him? 
Oh man, I don't know, man. The life of a business fan. I have Drummond. He was the second pick in my <laughs> in my fantasy league this year too. So it's the extra. I'm rooting for. Oh him man, you guy. doubled down on Drummond as a Pistons fan and a fantasy player, but. Yeah, so Drummond's in a funk. We'll we'll have to. That's one of our things that we got to monitor most closely. I think. Um, yeah, it looks like Josh Smith was three for ten from the floor, zero for one from three points, no free throw attempts. That's a bad sign. Okay, so uh, looks like some of the trends we talked about in this time have continued tonight, and uh, I you know we'll just have to check in on those things going forward. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll have to sign off and uh, go see what Van Gundy has to say about our team at the press conference. Yeah, and um, our our uh, our listener, our blood relative listener, has indicated that they'd like to have a more consistent uh, recording. So we're planning on recording every every other Wednesday night. So we'll check back in in a couple weeks, and hopefully we'll have more to say than sort of uh, hand wringing about why we might still be hopeful. By then, we should really know whether we have a shot at being as good as we hoped. <laughs>